Welcome to Base Politics. I'm Evan. I'm Alex. We are back. I hope you're having a good one. We're doing a little bit of a late episode. This will probably come out uh, on Tuesday. We normally do Mondays, but I uh, hope you're checking in. It's been a bit of a, I don't know, bit of a weird week. Yeah. You know, kind of a, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I was, uh, what was I doing? I feel like I was away. For, a, for doing a wedding. I was doing a wedding. That's what yeah. it was. There was all this stuff that happened when I was doing a wedding, but we didn't, did we do an episode talking about, we haven't talked about the all-star game yet because the all-star no. game was last like Tuesday. So we'll yeah. start off talking about that. Um, I saw some of it. I saw the, some of the home run derby and I saw all the all-star game. Um, home run derby, a little disappointing. Uh, yeah, it started off so hot. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's, we both, I wanted Otani to win. Or Joey Gallo. Yeah. And both of them got out in the first round. I mean, they both put up, like, really good. Like, they both started off really bad and then both, like, came really close yeah. to winning. Um, and just, you know, unfortunate. Um, and, you know, Pete Alonso reclaims his crown. Yeah, two-time defending champion. That's pretty That's pretty sick. I mean, yeah, he's he, built for that. He oh, dude. So, it's he, effortless. Yeah, it's ridiculous. He's just so good at it. There's so many memes of like him taking on Trey Mancini because like they built up Trey Mancini's story throughout it. Obviously, yeah. like it's an amazing story, and we're all very uh, in awe of Trey coming back from colon cancer. Um, and and but, Pete is pro cancer, <laughs> which is very unfortunate. Yeah, he's in favor of cancer. It's it's like they were like bringing a Make a Wish kid out. It, 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 there was like this, I think it was like 2015. I want to say there's like this NFL quarterback or something who like played was playing against like a make-a-wish kid in a hospital and beat him like 94 to 3 in in like ncaa like baseball or not baseball uh, football and he's like he goes on twitter to like defend the tweet to like oh my god i must have i must have saved it i I saw a commercial the other day where it was uh it was like a verizon commercial and it was aaron judge and Giancarlo stanton and the whole commercial is like they're on facetime together but judges or like stands their connection is bad. So like judge is going to say like he means to say, oh, whenever I am in a slump, I just think of like being a kid in Little League and like not being as good as I am now. Hmm. But then it's like, <laughs> but what Giancarlo heard was, oh, whenever I'm not doing good, I just go to Little League and hit home <laughs> runs. And so then there's a clip of like Giancarlo hitting a moonshot against an eight year old. <laughs> And like doing a bat flip and the kid loses. And it's like, oh God, I would pay good money to see Stanton in the Little League World Series now. That is so fucking it's a fu- funny. There was a fun commercial. They did the, the I like, I really liked the promo they did where they were all in the car too. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. I actually downloaded it. I'll show you. There's, I'll put a clip in right here because there's this amazing moment where Freddie just looks at, uh, looks at Ozzy and is like, we're lost. Like, like, he just has this perfect line read. Absolutely not. I know. Them. We've seen the standings. You are lost. <laughs> yeah, they are lost. I think we're lost. Uh, by the way, that that thing I was mentioning earlier uh, was Cardale Jones, um, who I guess was a I he was a NCAA quarterback. Um, he visited a kid in the hospital and beat him 91 to 35 in NCAA football. Um, and Carl Jones tweeted about this back in 2015 saying, man, I wish everyone stopped saying I beat a kid in the hospital 91 to 35. It was 98 to 35. Had 91 with 126 left in the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that kid. He's going to learn. <laughs> and that's what like people were tweeting. Like That's what 
like Pete Alonso going up against Trey Mancini was, but Trey did really well, so I don't, yeah. I, I don't think it ended up that bad. Yeah, I'm glad he got to the finals. It's dope as hell. It's a great story. It's just like he was going against Pete Alonso. Yeah, who big just, meat Pete. Oh God, Pete. Yeah, Pete just destroyed. He literally him. is a home run derby. Ch- I saw someone tweet. He's a home run derby champion, and like, like that's what he does, and he just happens to play for the Mets. Like he's exactly. just that's what he does. He's made more money in his career in the home run derby than he has playing for the Mets. Actually, yeah, because he makes league minimum, which is like six hundred k. So he's made like two million. Yeah, one point eight, but he's made two million. Yeah. in home run derbies. Oh my God, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. But it's yeah. also crazy they mention like Shohei is getting paid like three million this year. Like, yeah, they the oh god, the Angels stole him. They're from getting Japan. unreal value. Like literally, his jersey sales alone must be three million dollars. Oh right? yeah, like they are getting the league in general is getting like they're they've got their poster boy. Like Tatis is getting paid the bag now. Like yeah. he's already been locked signed in. a bad contract, which sucks. You think it was it's, a six-year contract, and it was like it's not enough money for what he. Oh, da, oh, he oh, Tani. Yeah. yeah okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I thought you said Tatis, and I was like, I don't think it was that bad. He oh, got a lot of money. That's a great contract. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, he still has like two years left with the Angels. Yeah. Two. Yeah. He's. Just, I think it was six years in 2018. So right. Three years, I think, left. Three years. Okay. Yeah. 22 yeah, yeah 2022 20, 23 24 so Otani Otani came out um you know in the first round he put up a good fight and it sucks but um that was the best round was him versus Soto all oh, that was tie so good that was so good and I mean they both just had like they were both just having fun Soto did a shuffle at one point when his yeah. when his BP uh pitcher like kind of threw in on yeah, him a little Soto bit. <laughs> hit lefty lefty for the derby which is hilarious that's so crazy some of the I, I did notice this is just a little note, but last year I was watching the 2019 one, and yeah, the those pitchers were like they were throwing so much faster. Like there's tech, there was technically a rule that you had to wait for the ball to land, but they totally weren't, and everyone they acknowledged it even on the broadcast. Like yeah, seems like we're not doing that, and everyone's like, yeah, well, everyone's not doing it. Gallo's so it's fucking pitcher screwed them. Yeah, they were so slow. Gallo's pitcher was the slowest of the night. Like it was like. Five extra seconds, it felt like, in between pitches. Yeah. And it's like, that's like, you cost him maybe 10 swings in total. Yeah. And he lost by one home run. Yeah. And it's like, well, 10 swings for Joey Gallo at, at course. I'm pretty sure he's hitting at least two of those. Yeah, out. of course. It was so shitty. But it was fun seeing Otani just like, it looks like he's just flicking his wrist. Oh, his swing Going is, up the second man, his deck. his swing is just so much fun. And it's funny because like, he, he wasn't even hitting that many home runs at first, but he barreled everything. Like... That's why the home run derby is kind of interesting for some hitters because it's like, well, Otani's obviously leading the league in home runs, so he does hit a lot of home runs. Like he hits more than anyone right now, and his swing is like very good at hitting home runs. He has the uppercut, but he just barrels everything. Like he just has such a great swing that like Mm. he can hit doubles to the gap, no problem. Best barrel percentage in the league this year. He's unfucking believable at that stuff. It just doesn't always end up in home runs. And I mean, I think he took like early on in that round, he was just like hitting missiles yeah, to like just center on the field. ground. Yeah, like yeah. So um, also it was hilarious on the broadcast. They're talking cuz they kept bringing up Juan Soto where he said like he wanted to do the derby to fix his swing cuz he had, isn't hitting that many home runs this year. Yeah. And then they kept saying, "Well, that's just a myth." Like the announcers were like, "Oh, it's just a myth. It doesn't actually ruin your swing." And they were like, "We're going to talk about that later." Never talked about. It. <laughs> and it's like, "Well, what's the facts cuz I'm of course it ruins your swing in a way." Like you're swinging uppercut if you don't swing uppercut already 
it's probably going to hurt your swing for at least a couple weeks in the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, unless you already have a plan for how you're going to readjust and you like go. But even you got to naturally readjust. I mean, I've, I'm just a bad example, yeah, I but I, when I played baseball as a kid, if I played golf like the day before and I went to a baseball game, my swing was fucked. Right. Because it's like I'm so used to swinging golf club. Right. It's just different. I mean, obviously, that's a horrible you were example. All, you were an incredible hitter, too. You were, just, you, you were hitting, what, 490 in that, yeah, that yeah. Uh, career average? It's all good. We don't need to talk about that. Um, I got the ball at the infield a couple <laughs> times. Yeah, we went to Wood Bats, and I, I think I got one hit out of the infield. Was, <laughs> I quit. Yeah. And the All-Star game was pretty then, good. Then the All-Star game was, yeah, it was fine. It wasn't boring. It was, yeah, it wasn't insane. I mean, It wasn't insane. They're usually pitchers' duels because obviously you have the best pitchers and pitchers win most of the time. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, Dave there's... Roberts should not have used Corbin Burns though. That's the only thing because like the thing about cores is not only does the ball carry, Spin, pitches also race. don't move. Yes, and everything he throws moves. So yeah, it's like your your breaking... sinker was flat. Yeah. It was a fastball. Exactly, exactly. That that that's why. Yeah, you should have had. Guys that rely more on velocity than than well, bring, yeah they should have used like they obviously did use Marquez but they should have used Marquez in that situation it's like Marquez pitches there every day yeah it, 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 he, he pitched great it was cool to see Arenado get such a you know uh you know welcome home you know at, at the All Star game mm-hmm. um that must be an interesting feeling for him you know coming back and and you know it's weird that they don't boo him. Because like I know I I was surprised he wanted to leave like obviously he got traded it wasn't his yeah but it was his decision in he a way. definitely wanted to leave he asked to get traded multiple times but like it's nice that they don't boo him I'm not saying yeah. it's a bad thing yeah but usually when like a player asks for a trade they get booed all yeah high. you think about like you know yeah a Rod uh, when he went to Texas yeah. like big trade like a guy like Arenado doesn't get traded all the time you know what I mean yeah, that's exactly. a huge huge loss for the Rockies and they obviously you know I mean they suck you know so like they're the worst like I mean they're not technically the worst like they're, they don't have the worst record but they just mm-hmm. like I just hate how they run their franchise it sucks yeah. like but at least they have course you know what I mean like and they you know like they're they're I don't know maybe they'll get back on track again but it was cool to see Nolan Arenado have like a homecoming that was like you know it seemed like it seems like emotional for him, and and then that he was uh, happy to be back. And yeah, they were he didn't really want to leave. No, I don't think he, he like just promised that they would build a team around him, and they never did. Yeah, so the, he the, had to leave. Well, exactly. I don't think he like like never wanted to be on Colorado. He's he. I'm sure yeah, he wanted like, to. He wanted to. You want to win with the organization that brought you up. There's no doubt about that. That that's the that's the dream. But it just doesn't really. It doesn't always work like that. That's 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 the reality. You yeah, know? like the only. Like, not the only team, but, like, the Padres are a great example of the opposites. Like, they yep. saw Tatis, they mm-hmm. paid Machado, yep. and then they went out and got, you know, Darvish, Snell, all these guys. They're looking to get, they're apparently they, the front runner to get Joey Gallo. They brought up Cronenworth, like, they... Yeah, like, they're building a team around the guy. Picked up they Grisham, think, like, they, they, yeah. they've just had, like, yeah, they... Stole Grisham. They kind of have done, yeah, they really have the best of both worlds. They, they, they got guys that, like, they saw as generational talents. And then built a team around, and actually built a team around them. Like genuinely yeah. did it. Red it's, Sox did that too. I think like they built that team around Bogarts endeavors. Yeah, and it's working beautifully. It's working better than anyone fucking thought. Holy shit, it's incredible. Yeah, now they got a whole new like they just called up Duran. Not to get yeah, biased Red Sox, but like yeah, no, that's amazing. They got Bogarts, who's still what thirty? Not even I don't know. But like now they can build the team around Doogie and yep. Jaron Duran and 
eventually Jeter Downs Dahlbeck. and all these guys and fucking Marcelo Meyer. Oh, Dahlbeck, yeah, he'll be he'll, he'll be, be out of town in two weeks. I think he's getting traded. What? Yeah, he's either getting traded or sent down. Really? I yeah, he was probably gonna get sent down last night, but then Christian Arroyo got hurt. Yeah, right. Yeah, that fucking sucks. Christian Arroyo. <laughs> I didn't see what happened. He's become literally my favorite player on the Red Sox. Like, he's just so fun to watch play baseball. But he plays second. Um, but then they call up Jaron Duran as an outfielder, so he has to go play center field. So that means Kike has to move to second. So then Arroyo has to move to first because, like, Dahlbeck isn't good enough. So it's not his position anymore. Right. First fucking, I think it was the thir- third inning. He it's never played first in his entire career, and he stretches to catch a ground. Like, it's oh, stretches God. to catch the ball from an, you know, and he uh, strains his groin or whatever, something to his groin. And it's like, God damn it. And the kid's already missed like 20 games because of his hand. Now it's his fucking groin. So that means Dahlbeck has to stay Who do you out. think? Uh, do you think the Red Sox are going to be like, well, I think they're going to be buyers. Are they going to be big buyers at the, at the deadline, you think? I think they're going to they work on the room? bullpen. I don't think they're going to work much on the offense. I mean, the offense is clicking. And hey, the bullpen's been really good throughout the season. It's yeah, been way but better need, than 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 expected, I think. Yeah, but I think they're gonna want. I think they're gonna try honestly and get Kimbrel back. Wow. Yeah, I mean it's gonna be a heavy price. The but Cubs like, are shipping everyone. We can talk about that too. I mean, yeah. the Cubs have had a meltdown. But the over Cubs the last, are gonna like, do a month. horrible. They're gonna sign Baez, I think, which is a bad idea. <sighs> Javi Baez is maybe the most overrated player in the entire league. I could could not agree more. Like they're. They're rumored to be, they're going to trade Rizzo, Brian, and Kimbrel and sign Baez, which, like... Is insane. I guess, it's like, he is the face of the franchise, but so I get talk, it. Get a, new, get a new face. Yeah. Like... Make Brian if the face. face of If the face of your franchise is, like, what, also, worth, like, 80 WRC plus or something like yeah, that? Like, but also, fuck the all, Joe Buck and the All-Star broadcast for, like, literally bringing up when they had Chris Bryant mic'd up, being like, so what does it feel like? You're probably going to be getting traded in a no couple weeks. No way. Yeah, they're not like that. But they literally said, uh, I I don't know how they worded it, but it was like, yeah, you know, rumors have it that, you know, Cubs, your team is going to be buyers or sellers. Uh, like, how do you feel about maybe possibly moving on from Chicago? It's like, what the fuck, dude? dude. You don't ask that. That <laughs> like, is like, that's not something you ask in the middle of like, what are you expecting him to say? Like, can't wait. Yeah, can't wait to get the fuck out of <laughs> yeah, here. Fuck Chicago. Like, Bunch of fucking hoagies you, around here. This is so trash. Yeah, like what the hell? That's such a, and like making up Bogarts in the middle of his at bat, and it's like sometimes it's fun in the middle of the bat, middle of the at bat, but a lot of the times it's just like they're trying to focus. Yeah, like Freddie's always good because Freddie doesn't give a fuck, but yeah. like Bogarts is like literally trying to focus and get a hit, and they're like. What do you think he's going to throw you? And he's just like whispering because he doesn't want real Muto to hear. And he's just like, uh, fastball? And he's like, oh, what are you sitting on, Xander? What do you think he's sitting on? <laughs> a fucking fastball. What does every hitter in the league sit on, yeah. Joe? That's how you, yeah, literally everything. Oh, my God. It was so, like, I, some I, of the mic'd ups were so cringy. And then yeah. there was Liam Hendricks who didn't know he would, like, he thought his mic was muted. At the He pitched the ninth. He thought his mic was muted because he couldn't hear them. Right, but we could hear him. He dropped a couple of f bombs. Oh, he swears a, a lot. Yeah, he just you can hear him on the hot mics on the fuck in the regular season. Yeah, and it's like, why did you mic him up? Like genuine question. I love Liam Hendricks, and it was fun to hear him. But like, 
the guy has like he's he, Australian. He swears for God's all sake. the time. He's Australian. What was your thought process? Yeah, let's put a mic on live TV on him. Let's put. Let's. What are we? We're gonna just start miking Australians now. Is that what we're doing, guys? <laughs> you really think that's a great idea? <laughs> uh, you know, no. I mean, yeah. Some of yeah. Let's mic up Lance Lynn. Why don't we get yeah. Max Scherzer mic'd up on the mound? How, how about that? How about we put the kids to bed, Joe? Come on. <laughs> I mean, I didn't actually watch that broadcast, I guess. I guess I watched the other one. Yeah, um, I was watching Fox. I don't know if there was another broadcast. I did not I, I did not see the Joe Buck one. But, uh, I mean... Yeah, that was horrible. It, uh, you Joe know. Buck isn't bad. Like, he's a great announcer. Like, he has some great calls. I think, he, I think he's actually a pretty good announcer. But he's pretty bad, like, during the game. Right. But, like, when a clutch home run is hit, you want Joe Buck calling. Yeah, he's a, like, he is a good traditional play-by-play play guy some of the commentary stuff i mean i don't know that there's too many guys i genuinely like listening to banter banter other than other than don arcillo honestly i mean yeah. i know you like i don't i never listen to the red sox broadcast um i like david Cohn and ryan uh ruko a lot when they're on together yeah, i think coney i think coney is really great but when he's on with ryan they're yeah. like such a good team um because yeah, the red sox are decent like it's dave o'brien who's fucking horrible dave o'brien <laughs> who's like the lead announcer like he does the most of the talking then jerry and heck but dave o'brien is intolerable most of the time like he just like he doesn't have a good sense of humor and like jerry and Eck do so like he always kills jokes and like kills funny bits that yeah. they're just doing like and he just he just has this like monotone voice and I hate the way he like calls home runs and it's just like I don't know. I mean, better than that, they're if good you've never listened to the Padres bro- broadcast out there, folks, you are doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, it sure. is genuinely fucking hilarious. Sometimes I'm amazed at how good the banter is between Don and his partner, who I can't remember his Mark name. Mark Grant. Mark Grant. These guys are fucking hilarious. Yeah. Every time Don does the read of like. The you know this cannot be like reproduced or circulated without the yeah. express you know that read every time he does it if he nails it he just like slaps the paper down he's like that's an announcer's bat flip they've like <laughs> slowed it down and like done replays of it and like they're yeah. just having so much fun up there and I would love for our podcast to be like that kind of banter I hope it is I think people uh, you know people that listen to this seem to really like it when we how we talk and how we mm-hmm. go back and forth. And I hope that we can call a game. So I honestly, my dream job, if I was just given like any, anything to do in the world, I would just love to call games with you. I don't really want to call games. No, no, it'd be sick, dude. We could watch baseball for free, get paid to watch baseball. I'd rather like run the team. That is more of your gig. Maybe I'll be. Uh, maybe maybe I think that, the team seems more fun. You can watch the game for free. Like that, you don't even have to talk. That's true. That's you true. Just and sit you can, there. Yeah, but you're stressed out. Like as a commentator, it's like not only oh, you're, I'm sure you're stressed out on some level because you're working. But once you get comfortable with it, it's not like you. you what happens is not like you know. Um, it's if you're a manager, like I mean, you know, Billy never watched the games that famously. Yeah, uh, you know, Billy Bean. Uh, it's not that stressful. You know, if you believe in the product you put on the field, you just let it happen. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, yeah, I feel like, like yeah. I I, I, I feel think like, Heimblum's worried that we just lost two or three to the Yankees. You know, he's just yeah. like, oh yeah, it sucks. Yeah, long yeah, you, next time. You probably have a better, like, bigger view of it too, because you're dealing with like, you know, well, the he's overarching five year plan. Season long. Yeah, yeah five year plans. Have you ever played out of the park baseball? Yeah. I feel like you would excel at it. I've been watching. Yeah, Bailey it's play. fun. I don't play it as much as I play. I'm gonna be the show because I feel like. But you have it. 
Yeah, I, it's more MLB shows is more relaxing. I, yeah, out of the park baseball. I'm too like <laughs> unless into you're Kevin. It. <laughs> yeah, unless you're Kevin God losing his goddamn mind. Yeah, like I can't relax playing out of the park baseball because I'm so focused. It is very it's spreadsheet baseball, but also it's like you don't have to play any games, so it's like easier yeah. in that aspect. Yeah, you just it's hit true. Simulate. Yeah, yeah, you can watch it happen and make decisions, but yeah, um, I. Well, I mean, I guess we'll talk. There has been a couple trades. Um, we'll do we'll do some more newsy stuff, and then we've got a really cool uh, reading series for the second half of the show. So stay tuned for that. But um, there was, um, well, yeah. I mean, I kind of wanted to, Yankees. Everyone's injured. So yeah, the Yankees. They're not injured technically. Well, I guess if COVID is an injury. No, everyone's getting injured too. That's everyone they called up because oh, of yeah. COVID is getting injured. Yeah, they've the Yankees are in a bad state, and I mean. They need some help, you know, like, but hey, they, 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 I don't know. There's just some, somehow like, I don't know. There's things that are still clicking, you know, Garrett Cole is still, still working, you know, and, and has seemed to got his groove back, which makes me happy. Um, I don't even, did we talk about that game in Houston? I don't know if we talked about that. That shit was fire. Yeah, Honestly, that was so. my, one of my favorite things I've watched all season. Yeah, it was a great game. I love Garrett Cole. He's my, maybe he's my favorite pitcher. Uh, probably. Yeah. I know he's, I don't think he's the best pitcher in the league. He's not Jacob DeGrom, but I think he's, you know, number two. And uh, I love watching him. And he won a fucking complete game shutout. 1-0 win against his former team. And he was just fucking fired up. Yeah. He was screaming at Boone. Like, you got to let me stay in here. And he does. He said he didn't even remember what he said. And I just, like, <laughs> loved that. I just loved yeah. the idea of Booty coming out there and, be, and being like, no fucking way. You get the fuck back to just, like, unlock. And Booty's like, okay, okay, it's yours. I'll see ya. I hope this, hope this doesn't blow up in my face, you know? <laughs> like, I'm going to look like real shit if I leave you in. And and, and uh, was it Altuve coming up? or Jordan. It was Jordan. If he gets a moonshot and we lose, it's going to look really bad. <laughs> Yeah, and then you blew it the next game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Chad. Chad Green. That Yankees bullpen is terrifyingly bad. Like, not bad, but, like, streaky. Streaky. I guess you could say. streaky. Chad Green will go two innings, throw one immaculate inning, yeah. strike out six, and yeah. then give up six runs. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. I know. I it, know. Like, it's so weird. Chapman's fucking horrible now. Or not now, just, like, at the moment, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah Chapman they are pitched. Streaky. He pitched game... He pitched game one. He pitched good yesterday against the Red Sox. It was a 9-1 game, so it wasn't really. But, like, he pitched the eighth. Yeah, ninth? they brought him in with a lead, right? Like, no, he, he, in game one, he pitched the ninth, I think, and we were up 4 nothing already or whatever, and he, it was not. It was scary. Yeah. Like, two balls almost left. Yeah. And, like, it was everything was just up the middle, like, right down the middle. Yeah. And it was terrifying. Yeah, I don't know. Because it's like, I don't know what happened. two doesn't matter if it's down the cock. Like, anyone is going to hit that. Yeah. Especially uh, if you know that's like what he throws a lot of the time. Like, yeah, exactly. It's fast as hell. Yeah, the Yankees bullpen is streaky, and honestly, I, fucking, I they just beat the the best team in their division two times with yeah. a triple A roster, basically yeah. with Chris Gittens at first. Yeah, and like the weirdest with heroes. Odor being Odor, like their second best I hitter. I was gonna say that the weirdest heroes, like Odor, shows up and hits like dingers. It's I like fucking I don't know. Hate Odor. Look, he. he I, I'm. I'm not. Would I have him on my fantasy squad? No, but is he the the hero of necessity? Absolutely. He's sure, not the yeah. hero we des- he's not the hero we need. He's absolutely <laughs> the hero we deserve. Uh, I I just I don't know about the Yankees. There's talk of Aaron Judge being traded. I That's, think it's no, no 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 no. 
There's no talk of Aaron Judge being traded. A Rod just wanted people to post a clip. Well, yeah, I definitely think that Aaron Judge. Good, if Aaron Judge gets that. traded, I will. I will sell my fucking baseball card collection we that will I love. Personally, shut down this podcast if Aaron Judge gets this is traded. No way. You've Cashman would have. Cashman would be killed like Mussolini. <laughs> like that's not even a joke. That's true. <laughs> that's very true. They would kill him in the street. No, it's the same thing. Like they're getting so much value. It's the same thing with like the jersey sales. No one sells more jerseys than Judge at, in New York. No one. He sells like the third most jerseys in the league. Period. Probably. I think no. Behind Trout true. and Tatis. I think he was number two. I think it was uh, Betts or it was Judge was like number two. I can't remember who was number one last okay. year. But anyways, he sells a shit ton. Brett Phillips, probably. Um, they are not trading Judge. So there's just no yeah. one. No. There's so, no one that they could get. I don't think the return would be. Like, the return yeah. would be good, but, like, I don't think they're going to get what they want. No. I don't think Cashman's even thought of that. I don't know. But the thing is, like, I I don't know what the Yankees are going to do at the deadline. Because they need to do something. But I don't yeah. think they're going to do anything. Like, I don't think they're going to do anything big. Like, they're not getting Gallo. 99% sure. I can hold me to that. I'm sure that Gallo is not going to go to the Yankees. I think there's I think there's a bigger than 0% chance. I think there's a 20% chance Gallo goes to the Yankees. I the Rangers like obviously it's all rumors, but their asking price is apparently very high because he's still like cost controlled and I just don't think the Yankees have the at like enough to give. That's the only problem. Glaber plus Why would you want Glaber right now? Plus Glaber is I don't he doesn't have that much value right now. If he was having a good year, hell yeah. Yeah. Glaber, Florial, Debbie Garcia, that's a decent trade. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, Glaber just kicked the Red Sox ass. But speaking like, of the Yankees being terrible, the Yankees fans oof. also terrible. What a segue. Um, some real shameful moments at Yankee Stadium that I was at a wedding for, but I was very disappointed to see. Yeah, it was uh, tough to watch. I mean, lead the, what happened, Alex? I mean, the Red Sox go out for the bottom of the sixth inning. Yeah. And Sawamura is coming in the game. He's right about to pitch. And he just like, they ha- I remember they had the camera on him on the broadcast. And all of a sudden he turns around and he turns back and he looks at the umpire and he's like points to left field. And then they put the camera out there. And yeah, some fan... So the story, how it apparently like this is what how it went. Uh-huh. Doogie had a baseball, and then he threw it. What it, he intended to throw it to a kid who was wearing a Red Sox jersey. Some Yankees fan, Yankee fan, intercepted it and grabbed the ball out of the air, not giving it to the kid, which is already one dick move. Yeah, that's just like such a dick move to do. Like, yeah, he was definitely at least it's a kid's game. He was at least a teenager, the kid that grabbed the ball. Yeah, like he was at least an adult enough to be like, yeah, this ball is for a child. Yeah. And then he uh, apparently was peer pressured into throwing the ball at Verdugo's back, and it hit him in the back. And then Doogie was ready to fight, which I would too. Yeah, get down here, bitch. Let's go. Yeah, he was like, fuck you, pussy. He just kept yelling, you fucking pussy. Let's go. Like, get in here. Let's go. I mean, yeah, he was like fucking Ron Artest at Malice at the Palace. Yeah, he was ready to go. And it's just like, this fucking loser, man. Like, no bias. Like, that's just like, you can't do that. Like... No, you, like not. I said to you, if someone came into your job and threw a baseball at your back, wouldn't feel too good. <laughs> that happens every day, and it sucks. <laughs> okay. It sucks. It happens but every like, shift. It's just so 
Same guy. Childish. Yeah. And obviously he was banned from every stadium for life. Don't know how they enforce that. But. That's the, my first question, but th- we'll leave that aside for now. Yeah, that I don't really care about. But um, yeah, it's just such a pussy move. Like it's the only word I really have. It's just such a dumb thing to do. Yeah. And then those fucking Yankees fans had the balls to chant fuck Verdugo after that. And it's like, God damn, guys. Like, what are we doing here? Bleacher creatures, man. And like I say, like, Yankees fans, there's so many great ones. Yeah. And I follow a lot of them on Twitter, and we have great conversations about all things baseball. Yeah. But it just seems the shittiest Yankees fans are the ones that go to games every day. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, yeah. so bad. Like, And Verdugo is such a nice guy. Oh, yeah. Great and ambassador. last time he was in the Bronx, he was having a great time with Yankees fans. And so it's like... It's just such a shitty thing to do. It's just mm-hmm. a dick move. For, yeah, it sucks. For no reason, you threw a ball at a guy's back. You didn't even throw it at him while he was looking at you. Like, you threw it at his back. Like, what a... That's just such a childish move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and the true. Yankees won the game, and... And I... I okay, this, I'm just gonna say it. Go for it. No bias. No bias. Slight bias, obviously. That game was rigged from the beginning. I swear to God. <laughs> the game is supposed to start at 7.05. 7.05, the game doesn't start. The Yankees say it's delayed. It was raining that day. It wasn't raining at 7.05. The field was clear. Um, the game starts at 8 o'clock. Then the ball gets thrown at Doogie. They do the sixth inning. Gary and Glaber hit home runs. And it's 3-1 Yankees now. And then as soon as that inning's over, they call the game. It stops raining. And then they say, no, no, the game's done. We're not going to resume it. And I was just like, what is what is happening? Like, I'm not actually saying it was rigged. It just felt rigged. Yeah. Like, it was just such a weird... It was like, wait, why are we not starting the game? Why are we starting the game an hour late? That is weird. When it wasn't raining. And then as soon as the Yankees take the lead, the game's done? Like That's how it works. Okay, <laughs> cool. And then Yankees fans went on Twitter and be like, complete game for Garrett Cole. Good job. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Absolutely. But you'll probably Garrett Cole. He was going out to fucking pitch the seventh after all that debacle. It was a 35-minute bottom of the six. <laughs> Isn't that insane? That, it must be tough. Yeah, because like, they're ready to play, and the fan throws the ball, and yeah. then is like, get off the field, boys. We're not yeah. playing here. Yeah, And then Rightly. yells at the umpires for five minutes. They go yeah. back on the field, and then it's just fucking pouring, man. Yeah, like, it looks horrible. Like, genuinely, like... As soon as the Yankees tied it in the fifth inning, I wish they just stopped it there. Yeah. Like, leave it tied, because then it's fair. No one's winning or losing. And it's and the fifth, and you just play the rest of it. Like, let's play tomorrow. We'll play a doubleheader tomorrow. We'll finish this game tomorrow and play the next one. Yeah. It's just like... That's pretty easy to and do. And then ESPN could get two national games. True. It's like, that would have just been such a better idea. Obviously... If the Red Sox win, I probably don't say it. But, like, genuinely. Like, it was just, like, I felt bad for the Yankees because it's, like, well, they have to now try and score when it's pouring fucking rain. Yeah. And, like, it was just such a bad game. Because there was just puddles. I hate that shit. It was so it's bad still, to it's, watch. It's just any other sport, and you tell them that, like, oh, yeah, we just still, like, play with, like, outside. Like, and, like, with no roofs. There's still, like, half the stadiums, like, don't have roofs. And if it rains, like, you can't play. Yeah, if it's I was like, commissioner, what the fuck, that would what be my first thing. What the fuck are you thing. talking about? Like, what are you, are you insane? Like, it, hockey never stops for a rain delay. Yeah. Like, basketball doesn't. Soccer might, actually. But but even then, I feel like most soccer stadiums, I don't know. Maybe I they don't. don't. But most sports, you know, 
just like, yeah, I think if you're a commissioner, yeah, it just sucks. Think about all the time you waste and, and like how shitty it is to like, like want to watch a game. Like imagine like going to, if you're in New York, we went to New York and we were like, we're going to go to Yankee stadium. Never been. Yeah, I know. And it rains out. And it's like, that's our one day to go to Yankee stadium. We don't live there. We have to go home like the next day. That sucks. That doesn't happen with basketball. Yeah. You don't get that kind of disappointment. I get it. Like these stadiums are old and like part of pretty much all the problems that we point to in in baseball are because baseball is 900 years old (laughs) and has been played since the Qing dynasty. Um, But like, you know, th- th- there should be some sort of like league-wide oh, approach yeah. to. It's just so Yankee, expensive. But Yankee Stadium is new. It was built in 2014 or yeah. something. Like that still made it 314 and right. Isn't I, that crazy? Oh, that's amazing. I have no problem with that at yeah, all. Oh yeah. By the way, it's the two home runs that Gary and then Glaber hit to take the lead in that game uh, were home runs in one out of 30 ballparks. Yeah. Both of them. I hate that shit. That shit infuriates me. That also makes no. When you tell that to other people and others, like when people who don't understand or don't know about baseball, you tell them, oh, every field is different. The infield is the same. Every outfield is completely different. Which is, I think, a great thing about baseball. I think it's cool as hell. I think it's like this. uh, I only hate Yankee Stadium when the Yankees. I love Yankees. Yeah. When the Red Sox are in them, I mean, yeah, fuck yeah. I, it, it enables you to hate certain stadiums. I fucking, I have a seething passion for Globe Life. I think Globe Life is the world, worst fucking field. Oh, I, I hate like it so much. At least they got a dome. I mean, I miss the old Marlin Stadium, you know? I miss, or no, not the the old version of the Marlin Stadium. The old where they version had a, of the old one. I guess the old version. The one in Florida? The one, yeah, well, the one where they had the fish tank. Oh, so yeah. It's the, the same sta- yeah. It's the same stadium, but it's just like, that shit was so gaudy. Yeah, also, America. I like American Family Field. That one, the Brewers. That's what? Or is that the Brewers? Is no, Miller Park. What? Happened? No, it's not. A, no, it's not Miller. Yeah, it used to be See, Miller. That's why I like Fenway and Yankee. It's He's, just Fenway. It's exactly. never going to change. No, it's it, it's it will true. literally never not Wrigley, be Fenway. Wrigley, like yeah, yeah I, exactly. I, those are my favorite parks for sure. The old parks are are dope as hell. Camden Yards, is probably Camden. Camden is great because uh, you just hit dingers there too. Like that one's the most hitter friendly yeah, park. Orioles are offering like. You pay forty bucks and you get four tickets. You get tickets to four games. They're doing this like promotion to the end of the season. You get, you pay forty bucks and they give you like four tickets, like <laughs> four different games. Wait, what? Like you get one, like one ticket? You go to four games for forty bucks. One person can go to four. Yeah, yeah. Isn't That's that insane? Nuts. That's an insane deal to go to like one of the greatest parks. Yeah. In the league. In a good. In a good. Wow. That's, I mean, obviously they're horrible. Who gives a very shit? Bad, it's ten but... bucks for a game. They've got good players. You know, they yeah, don't have that many. Toronto's coming back. They didn't say fucking that. Fucking Cedric Mullins. Oh, my God. We didn't even talk about this. There's so much to talk about because we've been off for a while. Yeah, that's Thursday. Uh, yeah, Thursday. I got to get up early so the I can buy Blue tickets. The Blue Jays are coming home. It's coming home. Hashtag it's coming home. Uh, that didn't work out for England, but it's working out for the Blue Jays. Here, let's take a little break. I got to pee. Okay, we'll come back in just a sec. And talk about the Blue Jays. We're back. So, um, yeah, the Blue Jays are coming home. Finally. That was a big announcement. Um, it had been talked about a lot lately as we're getting, we're currently at 80% of Canadians have one dose at least and 50% have two doses. Wow. Which if you like think about the fact that like people who got one dose are likely to get two doses eventually. Yeah. That's like insane. Like that's herd immunity basically. Yeah, it's pretty good. So we're going to get to like, we're going to be, we're going to get there eventually. 
which is great news because I don't think the U.S. is going to get there ever, to be honest. I don't think they're ever going to get to 80% full vaccination. Really? I don't think so. Damn. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I just think they have too much of the population. That's just not, you, there's going to be 80% vaccination in places. You might yeah, have, 80, you might have 80% vaccination in New York state, in California, maybe in certain places, yeah. but you're across the country and in certain places, you're never going to get that high. You don't need to get to hundred percent. No. You, if you get to 75%, you're probably good. Um, so like, but we're both fully vaccinated now, which is dope as hell. Um, and um, a lot of people are here too. So we'll see what it looks like as far as fans getting in. How Are they going to do fully vaccinated seating? Are they going to do no, socially distanced? Uh, uh, they're only doing the 100 and 200 levels. Okay. And 15,000 people are allowed to be there. Okay. And there's going to be like special seating for like nurses and shit. Right. Which is kind of cool. Right. I guess. I don't know. I don't really care about nurses, but. <laughs> oh. You did your job. Good for you. I'm just, I'm just playing. We're, we're joking. Nurses are great, but like, you know, we don't have to bang pots and pans for them because they well, did their job. You it's know, it's like they probably just want to sleep. You know. What I yeah, mean? yeah. They don't, they don't care about your pots and pans. They just want to go home and they want know, to be rest. Pay, they want to be paid a living wage and like taken care of. And maybe, like, maybe pay them a living wage. They don't want better seats at the Jays game. They just want to be paid more. It's like, a, a, I mean, this is gonna be real local, but like they're changing the name. Of a street in Toronto, Dundas Street. Yeah. Um, I don't know who Dundas was. I guess he was a slave owner or whatever yeah. he did. But it's like, so they have unveiled a plan to change every street, every bike share, every everything that has Dundas on it. Um, it's going to cost God knows how much millions of dollars. Yeah. And what if, what if, hear me out. Yeah. What if we just gave that money to indigenous people? Yeah. What if we did that? What if we gave them clean water? Yeah. Houses, just saying, just saying, we could use that money elsewhere. Yeah, but we, yeah, let's change the name of Dundas Street. That's gonna make all my indigenous friends so happy when they walk. Oh, they changed the name. I feel so much safer. Yeah, my bank account is still empty. Yeah, because systemic uh, racism. Yeah, but you know they changed the street name. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get that shit. No, I completely agree. I think it's, it's just so. It's just like, oh yeah, we're not. We're doing something good. We're doing. No, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. Stop asking. That's a, and that's what it is. This kind of brings us to um, our reading series for this week, uh, which is talking about Henry Aaron, Hammer and Hank, and racism, and mm. how he how his his life as a black man in the South uh, was affected by racism, and how people are re talking about that. I think we've talked at length about how symbolic. We had a big protest movement last summer, you know, mm -hmm. maybe the biggest in my lifetime um, as far as, uh, or at least in my adulthood, I would say, uh, as far as, you know, against police brutality and, and, and systemic racism. And essentially what we got from all that protest, all that energy, all that anger was meaningless, symbolic, neoliberal like concessions that changed nothing about the structure that has created an unjust and racist world. Mm. I believe that racism is an incredibly important issue that we should deal with, but it doesn't get solved by changing the names of streets. Yeah. I, if you really, I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. I think we should. It's fine, but yeah, it's like, so low. Pro and we're two white guys talking about this. So we're trying to, uh, that, this is why we're going to read a piece. Well, the people making these decisions are a bunch of white guys. So, so. like, <laughs> and, and I think the idea that white people shouldn't talk about racism is also bad because 
we do have a certain level of white privilege and we should use that to actually fucking deal with this. Like we, we are going to have to have a role in dis like D like taking away these structures and disassembling them because Mm -hmm. we, our voices like matter more to people in power. I don't think that's how it should be. And I don't want it to be like that. I just think that's like how it is. And that's why like, I'm not going to talk over people of color I'm not, but, but I don't think uh, ever white people talking about racism is ever a bad thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's, that's where the fallacy I'm willing to not talk about it and to not talk over people, but like, this is a platform we have and like, we should, we can like, it's not like we're taking a podcast away from people of color by doing this <laughs> podcast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so, um, I think it's important to talk about. And I think that like we want to see like actual structural change, and I think that this yeah, like shows naming, up in naming a street after George Floyd doesn't fix what the problem is. Yeah, you know, it's the same type of it shows up. Thing. In, this shows up in like Major League Baseball all the time. We always yeah. talk about how symbolic Major League Baseball is, while they continue to, um, you know, it's like they're giving like they they gave. We're talking about Hank Aaron, and they gave like a signed a jersey that was like signed by all the players at the All Star game to Billy Aaron. Yeah. And like I think it's a nice gesture, but it's like you realize that you have black players in your league, and like think about all the minor leaguers like that are struggling on at at the lower levels, ba- starvation wages almost like yeah. very having to take jobs in the off season. We talk about this all the time, and I bang this drum a lot because I think it's fucked up that you have billion dollar organizations that pay the like bottom levels of their their minor league systems the systems that provide them with their stars such shitty wages it's yep. fucking insane yeah that's what america is like though that's exactly what america is like it's why we treat people on the lower rung of society we treat people that work service jobs we treat people that work in manufacturing we treat people that work in factories with such disdain even though they are entirely the people that keep this whole thing going now without them the whole thing would crumble that's what we don't realize and that's what people who are in power don't realize is that if you don't have minor leaguers if it becomes too hard to survive as a minor leaguer you are going to see talent disappear you're not going to see the same level of talent there's obviously there's always going to be the top level guys that get drafted in the first round and have million dollar signing bonuses but we can talk about we can go on and on about guys that grinded through the minors that with minimal signing bonuses jose altuve you know tommy Pham. like these guys grinded for a long time in the minors to make to make where they are and they provide immense value for the club that they're playing for now Mm -hmm. so if we don't like recognize that and and if we don't also don't recognize that like there is a race element to this that white guys in that there's there's if you're white and you come from a family that has been able to pay for your travel ball costs and all your equipment and every bat and have the best gear and be on the best teams. You can survive on a $15,000 salary in the minor leagues while you grind up because your, your parents are paying for, for your living. You're being taken care of and you can just practice in the off season and you're getting to go like go to these camps and go to driveline and go to like, you know, you're get maybe not actually driveline, but places like that where you get to definitely drive. You get all these benefits because you have the money. Whereas, and like we've seen how systemic racism is like a primarily, in my opinion, economic system that keeps black people and people of color in general in lower tiers of the economy because because we and we can point to a myriad of reasons. We can point to the GI Bill, you know, the largest government stimulus package uh, in the modern age, excluding blacks ex- and and excluding them from the homeownership that the GI Bill brought. You know, we're t- and obviously that's 80 years ago, but it's still having an impact on the society that we live in today because 
that generation was not able to build the generational wealth that white people were able to. Mm-hmm. They weren't able to buy a home for for ten thousand dollars in Levittown and the and the growing suburbs around America that were coming up. So they and so they didn't have that generational wealth, and that still impacts things. That still impacts the world we live in today. So you know when we talk about systemic racism, don't be satisfied with symbolic changes yeah we need to keep fighting for actual real concessions for real we need to genuinely defund the police and refund that money into like programs that uplift people uplift the working class uplift the poor uplift Mm -hmm. people of color uh and 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 you know and the mlb should do the same with their money they should you know actually invest into the communities that they talk about i think a lot of the programs that they've started uh have had have already shown massive like returns look at hunter green you know and 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 aaron hicks and the guys that come out of i think it's is it rbi um rebuilding inner cities um that incredible program that they run out of uh is it's in it's in california i don't know is it in compton it's in it's in like i think it's in it's in the la area um you know like that's the kind of program that should be happening all around the world all around the country yeah and they're trying to rebuild that which is good because it's like that's how you get young talent. Yeah, like that's how you get kids interested in baseball. Yeah, that's just it's such a simple, easy thing for the MLB to do. And to it's not even game. yeah, and it's not even just about people becoming professional ball players out of that. It's about giving people the, the tools and the skills. It's about learning to master something. You know, it's also just getting fans. It's, it's just, getting fans. It's, yeah, it's, it's a get, win-win situation. It literally yeah, you get more talent yeah. for the next you know in 10 years yeah. or you get just a lifelong baseball it's fan. so true it's so true that investment like must like increase tenfold you know yeah. like but you just have to sow that seed so um this is an article it's actually from a while ago um but i just thought it was really interesting we're gonna we'll, we'll, we'll end on and talking about this for a little bit um yeah. it's about hank aaron the title of uh, by bradford william davis it's called Henry Hank Aaron is dead, but his life story is already at risk. So this is from January when he passed away. Uh, but I think a lot of the things that he talks about are really uh, interesting, especially as we just saw an all-star game where there was, there was this huge tribute to Hank and, uh, and bringing out his widow, uh, Billy, uh, Billy Aaron. And um, so the, the piece starts, Henry Aaron died on Friday morning, but the story of his life is already at risk. The number 755 is still revered, but the journey Henry Aaron took was being flattened in real time on Friday, softening his edges into an ahistorical version of Hammer and Hank that doesn't draw any blood. De-wrinkling and declawing black heroes may take the appearance of a tribute, but diminishing black pain erases the magnitude of black achievement. The Associated Press advanced this era by describing Aaron as a baseball legend who endured racist, racist threats with stoic dignity. In their obituary, the AP wrote, exuding grace and dignity, Aaron spoke bluntly but never bitterly on the many hardships thrown his way. ESPN's Jeff Passan tweeted, then deleted, that Aaron ignored hatred as he conquered baseball. A pitiful choice of words to write about a man who had shared many times since retiring how deeply the hatred he encountered had hurt and angered him. Worse was fellow Braves legend Chipper Jones, who wrote, Aaron had every right to be angry or militant, but never was, thinking this as a compliment. He spread his grace on everything and everyone he came in contact with. Like Passon, Chipper served a junk ball and the crowd teed off. Uh, it continues, and we'll continue with it, but this is such an interesting... Um, it reminds me of when... I want to say it was John Lewis. 
Could have been Elijah Cummings. I don't remember which whose funeral it was, but Bill Clinton was speaking there. I think it was talking about John Lewis, the you know sen- senator, great civil rights leader, um, who Bill Clinton said that at one point, like the movement, you know, the civil rights movement was leaning more towards Stokely Carmichael and the Black Panthers. And he was happy that it ended up more like John Lewis, he said. And and he said that like as if that wasn't an unbelievably like fucked up thing to say. That like th- that like so many of the victories of the civil rights movement were entirely dependent on the Black Panther Party and like the militant, you know, if you want to use that word, the devoted and um yeah, I mean I don't think militant's even a wrong word. It's right you, you should it's good to be militant about the good things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like racists are militant. They're military. They're fucking like, you know, like they, they, the, the things that they did to, to Hank are, are unbelievably fucked up. And the idea that you could be too angry about that, that's insane. Like, you know what I mean? That's essentially what they're saying. Yeah. They're glad he wasn't too angry. It's like, but he was angry. Yeah. He that's talked the thing. about that. Yeah. Like, I, that's, I don't get that. It's like Jackie Robinson. It's like, yeah. The whole movie, it's like him being angry, but not doing anything about it. But it's like, I'm sure he did stuff about yeah. it. I'm sure he punched a couple of white guys in the head, you know? And he would have been right. <laughs> I don't to actually be... know. I'm not going to say yeah. that. Fact. Yeah. But in like a, more as a analogy, like a metaphor, I guess you could say. Like, he's just like, act like these, like, because it's the, it's the stereotype of any black person who speaks up and raises their voice are, is aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I use the same tone, I'm not aggressive. I'm just speaking my mind as a white person. I say that. Yeah. Like, it's just the stupidest shit. And it's just like, oh, any black person who didn't raise their voice in public at a white person, well, they're fine. Yeah. But it's like, I that's the like longest, one of the like, like longest tropes is that like, if a black person raises their voice, they're being aggressive. Yeah. But it's like. That's just they're just being. They're yeah, just but talking. when when white people do that, they're just being assertive, or they're like being I said, like, they're just speaking. Yeah, mind. exactly. They're exactly. Just being, oh, they're just oh, he's just telling his truth. Yeah, exactly. He tells it like it is. Yeah, it's so true, and it's like yeah. the the idea that we've built just this model minority for black people that they have to be doormats essentially that they have to accept yeah. all the racism that that is thrown upon them. And wow, what cl- what class, what dignity, you know? It's like, but we but. You know, and then and then we vilify figures like Stokely Carmichael, like Huey Newton, like Malcolm X, um, like like you know Aldrich Cleaver, and like and and fucking you know Fred Hampton, people that fought back. Mm-hmm. You know, we vilify those people as if like their their reaction wasn't a fraction of what they had encountered in their life. Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing. Like, I think that the American system has beaten into people of color that they should accept the racism like and a lot of them internalize that because that's like the dominant mode of like being but like when people fight back against it then somehow like they're not being like the model minority yeah they're not being it's like it's 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 very sad to see a guy like chipper well i mean i think he has fucking horrible takes on everything so it's not surprising yeah Jeff Passett is a little more d- disappointing, and obviously he deleted it because he realized he was wrong, and that's not how you should talk about things. But, like, but Jeff, you don't know who he is. You never met the guy. Yeah. Or like, maybe you if did. you did, you met him when he was an old, old yeah. man. Yeah. And, and he, he probably didn't tell you about his days growing up. It's true. Like, it's true. It's just such a dumb thing for Jeff Passett to yeah. talk about. As if, yeah, as if you just do an article about his baseball achievements. Yeah. Don't talk about that. Like, 
not to like erase that stuff, but just if you you're not know. educated on yeah. that, just talk about him as a baseball player. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. He's one of the greatest to ever do it. Absolutely. But like, oh God, I hate fucking white. I hate that like white savior attitude. Yeah. That's ultimately what it is. It's that, it's that we, we know better and that. Fuck Chipper Jones. What a piece of shit. Oh yeah. Fuck that guy. I mean, the, the article goes on saying Aaron could have just t- looks like a racist. So. Yeah, you ever see like he just yeah. looks like he yeah, hates like black. People. Yeah, he looks like one of those Trump like there's there's that famous fo- a photo of all the guys like MAGA yeah, guy. He looks, he looks like, like he's like. in that in that photo. Yeah, like he he it's. The article goes on saying Aaron could have told his white audience, all of them, to kiss his black behind without losing a shred of his dignity and grace. On occasion, he nearly got there, like when he shoved a bowl of strawberries in a journalist's face, a true story you can read in his, in his autobiography, for portraying his wife Billy as a bad influence on his character. There is little he could do more dignified than standing. But showing up white folks often does not end, end well, something Aaron knew intimately as a child of the Jim Crow South and was reminded of every time he rounded the bases. So he didn't. He couldn't. And, like, that's just such a, like, a great... This is not a choice that, like, we give people in Aaron's position. He is... He was unbelievably successful for, coming from, like, the place that he was in as a black man. And he was not just a good baseball player. He was one of the, he sits among the Mount Rushmore of like, he is an immortal player. His accomplishments, even though his home run title has been taken, he is one of the greatest players of all time. And will stand among that, that, that like an instant hall of famer, just like a, he's just a legend. He truly is a legend. And still, as a black man had to deal with this stuff, mm-hmm. had to deal with people talking about his wife as a bad influence on him, yeah. all these insane shit. And it's just, it makes you think that like, it's just, it's, it, it's, we have to reconcile with this. We have to talk about this and we have to do actual, like we have to like actually, it's, 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 it's important. I think it's a good reminder as baseball media people, you know, budding baseball journalists about how we talk about people. What stories are we telling? What stories are we choosing to tell about people? What like bias is like informing how we talk about players? We can be so dehumanizing in how we talk about people sometimes, you know, as, as reporters. And I think, you know, overall things are getting better. There's more people of color that are reporting on baseball. There's more women that are reporting on baseball. There's more people of diverse experience and, mm-hmm. and people who understand um, the situations they're talking about and go into this with a level of education and, and, and grace and like, you know, a bigger picture of it, but the stories we tell are, 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 are so important, you know? Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's honestly crazy. Um, it's, it's honestly crazy. Like reading this and thinking about how they, how much shit they had to deal with just playing baseball. They kind of yeah. imagine reading that kind of stuff. And as a, as a baseball player about how you're what, like the fact that you didn't beat the, that guy to death is a show of his, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Ugh. Yeah, I never said that to Mickey Mantle, obviously, you know. Mickey Mantle was a fucking ins- a psychopath. No one ever said anything like that to him. Yeah. Yeah. He was getting blowjobs in the bleachers. Yeah, but like, that, that literally. Yeah, if a black man was doing that, like that would have been the yeah. most, they I would have been shot, you know? Yeah. Like that's just the fucking, you know. It's just the way it goes. Or that's the way it went. I mean, it's probably still the way it goes. But it, yeah, it's it, just like it's double standards. Why is his wife a bad influence? And what was the reason? You know, like obviously I don't know that, but I will uh, finish reading a little bit more of this. Um, his name's also Henry. That's the thing. Like, it's the same. Like, 
Roberto Bob, Clemente yeah. and Bob Clemente. Yeah. Like his name's Roberto and it's Francisco Lindor. It's not Frankie. Like it's a, that's just whitewashing on its own. Like his name was Henry and he asked to be called Henry. Too. Yeah. That's, it just gets worse as you go on. So the article goes on. Black heroes, the myth says, are meant to nobly endure racism long enough for a white person to validate them. Pop culture per- perpetuates this trope and sports writers get plenty of practice. Jack, Jackie Robinson's was no stranger to the softening. Aaron's barrier-breaking predecessor is exalted for his forced silence on the field when he should be lauded for fiery political comments off of it. Um, he, he wrote, Jackie Robinson actually wrote um, in... 1986, or sorry, 1968. If the GOP should nominate Nixon or Reagan, it would be telling the black man it cares nothing about him or his concerns. He wrote like an, a new newspaper column, uh, which I, I didn't know about. Um, and then this is interesting to me. Uh, I didn't know about this part. Uh, Aaron understood this more than most. His candid and pointed depictions of the racism black people experience in this country resulted in more death threats. Back in 2014, Aaron complained about the Republican mistreatment of Barack Obama, then went on to say, the bigger difference is that back then they had hoods. Now they have neckties and starch shirts. Um, Aaron used the same wording more than once in I Had a Hammer. Henry, Henry once wrote that the men who run baseball wear neckties instead of robes and hoods while recounting an MLB owner who claimed he'd rather hire a trained monkey than a black. And then our favorite, uh, our favorite sports reporter, Bob Nightingale, who interviewed Aaron, insisted Henry wasn't calling Republicans racist or comparing them to the Klan. But nearly seven years later, we saw a Republican president and Republican members of Congress salute a violent insurrection uh, replete with Confederate flags waved and swastikas drawn in the Capitol. Journalists are still confused by a black athlete who speaks their mind while being careful of how they speak. I believe Hammer and Hank called his shot. Jones next, Chipper Jones next post after an hour, an hour after, f- f- sorry, Jones's next post after featured a video caption, Twitter versus reality. The clip shows two dogs barking at each other, but only while being separated by a gate. Once the gate is lifted, he the dog stopped showing their fangs. The Jones implication is obvious given the online drag he was still undergoing. None of you would speak up if you had to face any real consequences. Yes, Chipper. Hank knew. Probably more than you realize. <laughs> and that's the piece. But I just thought, uh, like, fuck, man. Like, we don't talk about this, you know? We don't we don't talk about, like, the actual, like, pain that these guys go through. We just, like, lift, like, and that's fine. Like, I don't think we always have to talk about the personal yeah. struggles of, of baseball players, but the last thing I would want to do is like just lift these guys up as like these, you know, model minorities who just always like took, you know, th- like the, they, whatever Jesus said about taking, you know, someone to the cheek or, you know, if somebody slaps you, like give them your other cheek. Like mm. they don't have to be like that. Like it's not, it's, it's wrong for us to assume that like people who deal with racism are, are always going to just take it. Like they don't have to. And when they mm-hmm. fight back and speak about it, they're just doing like what we would all do. Literally, I speak uh, like I have an opinion and speak for a living almost at this point. Like this yeah. is what we do. And like if we're to expect players not to do that, you see the same shit today when Laura Ingram is telling LeBron James and KD to, you know, shut up and dribble all those years ago and like how people expect like athletes to shut the fuck up about like social issues and mm-hmm. like when the the nba is like going to strike and then obama calls them and tells them not to because it would look bad and all this shit it's like yeah 
Obama was a war criminal. So, Absolutely. You know, blown up no, Pakistani wedding. Yeah, so. I know. He like single handedly crushed like that a, makes a labor look movement. Bad, Obama. Yeah. Yeah. Single handedly <laughs> crushed a labor movement. Like that's what he does. Get Obama for hours. God bless him. Oh yeah. Not because he's black, just because he was, you know, a bad person. No, he just fucking sucked, and he just like did so much damage. So much. We'll get into Obama another day. That's that's something that a lot of people are not ready to hear, understandably. But, but uh, yeah, anyway, so that's that's the piece. Um, yeah, God bless Henry Aaron. What a what an incredible man, and uh, what what a how lucky were we to uh, have that as kind of. As much as I care about, uh, like, like like I I care about what he went through, and I think it's like it good that he got to at least tell part of what he went through yeah you, i i'm not going to be one to talk about it in a way like obviously like reading this piece but like like jeff passon's doing talking right. about like oh hank never was mean to white people even yeah. though he could have it's like or i think that was chipper's quote whatever yeah basically yeah and it's just like i don't care because i didn't know him yeah and i don't care that's the wrong word but it's like i didn't know him i only know what he did on the baseball field and like his charitable donations and all that stuff. Right. And that remember him for that as well. Like that, I mean, that's the most important thing. Yeah. We just want to like, I just think it's important to talk about this stuff just because no, it's definitely. like, I just don't want, like, I think it's just good to not flatten the story. You know what I mean? Whether yeah, no, we, no, whether 100%. we don't have to bring it up all the time. It's not like you, but it's just important. I don't mean it like that. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. It's just like we, it's very important. Part of the reason, part of the heart of baseball addicts to me is that, we treat athletes like they're not humans a lot of the time, you know, that like, like, like they're just numbers, like they're just, mm -hmm. just performing for us. Yeah. And, and I think that's wrong. And I think we should acknowledge that like, these are human beings here and that the things that they, that we write about them and the, the way we talk about them has consequences. They have families that read stuff and they, you know, have, um, they have real lives, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that, um, not that we should feel sorry for them. They are like, they're also, but just that, like, we should tell their stories, like, really tell their stories. Yeah. You know? Not, you know, because I think we just do that with, like, white players a lot of the time. Like, you see, like, these profiles on them, and, like, you know so much more about them. But, like, with black players, there's just, like, this flattening of, like, you don't talk about the things that they deal with, you know? And, yeah. and I think that's, like, under. it's not like every story has to, like, be contextualized within this but just that like we should you know it's just something that we should know and yeah, like that we I should agree. be open to talking about it. and how and how do we make back to you know how we started this whole thing how do we actually make this materially better how do we make it better for black players to play in in the mlb how do we make it better for gay players to be able to like feel comfortable being gay uh all these things that like we want the league and we want the sport to be like more inclusive to more people so yeah that's about it I think that's a good place to end. We went about an hour. So uh, thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, we'd love if you subscribed on YouTube, uh, rated us on podcast apps, and followed us on Twitter at BasePolitics. Um, we are very thankful for all the support um, and for everyone listening out there. And we will see you next week. Peace. See you guys. Peace.